Welcome to a Friday of the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914. That's the talk and text line. On the phone with me, UW Lacrosse, political science professor. He's not in studio. He's on the phone. Hi, Anthony. Happy Friday, Rick. Hi, Anthony Tregoski. That's his whole name, if everybody, for anyone that doesn't. <laughs> I uh, appreciate you coming on again, and... I don't know, and you know, like you're you're on the road, but you're not going to fall out of uh, service this time. No, no. Last time I was on the road and tried to do your show, turns out that there isn't great cell service in rural Minnesota. <laughs> Today I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota, home of the Twin Cities, where it is Swifty mania. Now I'm not here to see the Taylor Swift concert. I'm here for other reasons, but. Rick, I was driving up. As I was driving up, I found that there was a ta- uh, there was a radio station that is only playing Taylor Swift music. So Swifty Mania has completely taken over the Twin Cities. And this song here, I don't know if you can hear it. Rainbow Land is playing, but this song here is is Miley, not Taylor, right? That's yeah, Miley. Miley. Yeah, Miley yeah, and, yeah. and Dolly. I have to remember that. That's my. I always mix up Miley and Taylor Swift for some reason. Just like. They're all the they're all kind of the the same like super popular awesome artists in my head, but um, okay. So is it pandemonium then? <laughs> like, is the Taylor Swift concert tonight? Right? Taylor Swift concert in Minneapolis at U.S. Bank Stadium tonight and tomorrow. And Rick, I was looking up the ticket prices. I mean, maybe because part of me kind of wanted to go to the show, but For also sure. just out of curiosity, the lowest price ticket on StubHub as of this morning was $780. Yeah, I see you You sent me a picture of that. Section 349, row 22. That's up there. <laughs> That's up there in the, uh, in, the, in the nosebleeds, I would call it. Yeah, so if you want to pay $780 to sit in the upper level behind the stage so you can't even really see anything, then that is the opportunity available tonight. Why is it called nosebleed section? It's so high you get a nosebleed, I think. Like there's no air up there or something? Yeah, yeah. Or is it it like it's such like only the people that sit there, there's no assigned seating, so you fight for the best spot up there and you punch each other. I like that move, yeah. Like the uh, just the lowest of the lowest, so they're always fighting and drunk, and they're giving each other bloody noses. I don't know. Well, um, it's a pretty penny you're paying if you're trying to get into the Taylor Swift concert. Really, any of the Taylor Swift concerts. I mean, this is the hottest ticket that I can remember in quite a while. I mean, it kind of ranks up there with the Super Bowl or the Final Four that we had in previous years in Minneapolis. Yeah, there's a pretty cool video of her doing a concert where it's just pouring rain, and she's still doing Like, I, I would say other artists probably, like, postpone the show or take a break or whatever, but she's just, like, going at it in the middle of a, like, giant rainstorm. Um, and I heard she does pretty awesome show. Like, not a, you know, not it's, it's not like the one and only concert I've ever been to where Prince at Summerfest did four encores. Uh, she does like a good, like three hour show. And I don't know, there's a whole like cult to it. You can check out her set list. Every set list is different. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about it, but I, I think there's a lot of thought, 
thought put into what she's doing. I don't know if that much thought cost eight, cost me eight hundred dollars. I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, you're right about that, Rick. All of the news organizations in the Twin Cities have been speculating on what her set list will be. So I guess we will find out tonight and tomorrow as she has her performances at U.S. Bank Stadium. All right, as we, you know, we usually talk nonsense with uh, political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski, but the biggest news politically out of Wisconsin, would you, is it this tax cut bill or, or is it something else? I mean, the UW system funding is, is a thing, and I don't, you know, like I don't want to get you in trouble uh, talking about <laughs> UW system funding since you work in, within the UW system. Uh, so we don't, we don't have to talk about that a ton, but like it, what, where would you say, and it's, that's all part of the budget, but what would you say ranks top three stories out of the Wisconsin politics this week? Well, I would for sure say the tax cut proposal, Rick, and we knew that there would be a large tax cut proposal on the way, given the historic $7 billion budget surplus that the state of Wisconsin has. It was just a matter of how big the tax cut would be and who would benefit from the tax cut. Now, we know in the past Republicans have talked about going to a flat tax. That was supported by Devin Lemahue, the majority leader of the Wisconsin State Senate. Now, that is not the proposal on the table from the Republican-controlled Joint Finance Committee. They still have really proposed some dramatic tax cuts. It does tend to benefit those who earn more as opposed to those who are on the lower ends of the income distribution. So it kind of answers that question that I was talking about, Rick. What type of a tax cut would we be seeing in terms of size? $3.5 billion in terms of size. And then condensing the state's four tax brackets down to three, where the wealthiest do see that large percentage reduction, even though everyone gets some type of reduction. Yeah, and then the tax cuts themselves, for, for anyone that makes, like, human, con- where you could conceive of, of, a, of a salary, like, you know, between, I don't know, like twenty five and $150,000, the 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 amount of savings you would see is, is pretty minuscule. It's just kind of comical. Yeah, Rick, you know, not, there are winners. There's kind of winners and losers in tax policy. I think the goal behind this tax cut proposal was to try to make everyone a winner. But when it comes to taxes, some people are always going to be the biggest winners. And that was really what political observers such as myself were watching closely as the Joint Finance Committee completed its work on the state budget. Given the very much expected large tax cut proposal that was on the way, how would the benefits be distributed? Who would be the big winners? in the proposed tax cut. And so now we have those answers. The question is, what will Governor Evers do? Will he veto the entire budget? Will he use his partial veto power now that we know what the budget looks like in totality? That's UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Zhergoski. We're going to have to, I guess we're going to have to pick your brain being a political science scientist on why uh, why they choose to do tax cuts like this? I, I guess the like, what is the political gain there from it? I mean, it would be weird to have tax raises, but I, I guess it's kind of a simple question. But like, how how the tax cuts go? Because it's always uh, a little bit more to people who earn way more money. Um, anyway, we gotta take a break. We'll be back. Thanks. 
This song is not a banger, Tregoski. This is just a. This is Taylor Swift's like top, like super most popular song right now. Oh yeah, this is her new hit off her latest album. Pretty basic, Taylor. Pretty basic. Who am I to say anything about it? 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. We did get Jeff to text in and say Taylor who. So there's that. <laughs> Jeff is not paying eight hundred dollars to see Taylor Swift tonight. I'll take it. Yeah, and uh and then uh Northside Kent text in, but I gotta vet I gotta vet the text. I can't read the text and talk at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. I'll when when Chagoski starts yammering, Kent, I'll I'll vet the text. <laughs> Uh, you never know, because I'll start reading the text, and then there'll be something in there that'll be like, ah, maybe I shouldn't have read that out loud. Um, all right, tax cuts. Uh, tax cuts. The tax cut plan by the Republicans put out yesterday. This is this is interesting because, you know, I gotta have. I'm trying not to ask you economist questions because I want right. to ask economist questions right now. Like, why would we go from four brackets to three brackets? Why would we give the biggest earners the biggest pet tax cut? Uh, but the, but the like, why do Republicans do that? I mean, it's not a political – I guess the the talking point for them is this: they, they do this across-the-board stuff. It's going to be a 15% tax cut for everybody or something like that, right? That was kind of the talking point when Evers' plan was only a 10% tax cut, but it was a 10% tax cut for people – for most of the voters, right? For people that make like a, a human – like a normal amount of money. Yeah, Rick. Evers had proposed a 10% cut targeted at those middle and lower income earners. And Governor Evers has already gone after the Republican tax cut proposal as, in his view, benefiting millionaires and billionaires. That was the quote from his spokesperson, as opposed to what he, you know, the kind of those lower income individuals, those middle income individuals. Now, Republicans had opened up the year talking about Devin Lemahieu's proposal to go to a flat income tax of 3.25 percent by 2026. Republicans talk a lot about competitiveness, how they view Wisconsin's tax system as being uncompetitive, as being out of step with those in other states. We know that, for example, Iowa is moving to a flat tax. And so that's the type of rhetoric that you typically hear, that they want to attract residents from surrounding states, that they want to keep residents here. And in their view, a good way to do that is to reform the tax system. Now, they did not go for the flat tax. They still kept the progressive income tax in place, where in general, a progressive income tax just means that the more someone makes, the higher percentage they pay. But you can have a progressive income tax that is more or less tilted towards certain income groups. And as I mentioned, Rick, Governor Evers and the Democrats already on the attack against the Republican tax cut proposal, saying that the Republican proposal unfairly or overly benefits the wealthy and doesn't give enough of a break to other income earners. Yeah, whether it's fair or not, that's, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know if that's a thing, but the it, it's we have a progressive tax income tax like system but we regressed it with this plan so that's kind of funny because we would go from four brackets to three also okay so the governor evers thing if he vetoes this is that bad news for evers because robin voss has a workcation on july 4th weekend he needs to go to brussels 
So he wants to do this most important $7 billion budget surplus bud, two-year budget before he has to go to his workation. Otherwise, he might have to stay in Madison. So this would really put a kibosh on Robin Voss's plans if, veto, if Evers vetoes this. That has been an interesting side story in the legislative session, Rick, because Robin Voss, the Republican Assembly Speaker, has thrown around July 4th as his target date for getting a couple things done. The budget, of course, and also a deal on funding for American Family Field, home of the Milwaukee Brewers. And turns out that he maybe has some plans on or after July 4th. So I am very interested to see what Governor Evers does here because, you know, Governor Evers has partially criticized certain aspects of the proposed budget. I mean, most notably, he has criticized the tax proposal, the tax cut proposal of the Republicans. Governor Evers has also really been upset by that proposal to cut the University of Wisconsin system budget by $32 million. In addition, there's been a lot of talk about child care and the pandemic-era child care program called Child Care Counts. Governor Evers and the Democrats wanted to keep that subsidy for child care providers in place, that funding for child care providers in place, and uh, the Republicans axed that. They eliminated that from the budget. So on those items and more, the Republicans have deviated from what Governor Evers has desired. Now, Governor Evers has the partial veto power. He can veto sections of the budget without vetoing the entire thing. He can take certain things out and sign the rest of it into law. But what a lot of you know, folks who watch Wisconsin politics have been wondering is if Evers would potentially veto the entire budget. And so I don't know what his move is here, but certainly the ball is in his court at this point. I mean, there is the process of having the entire assembly and the entire state Senate vote on the budget, but the budget has been completed by and large. And now we wait and see if there are any last minute changes. We mainly wait and see what Governor Evers will do when he gets the budget on his desk. You, you see what you see what happens here. Tregoski talks for like two and a half minutes straight. That allowed me to read Kent's text. But then also, then Kent just calls in. Kent and and his text Tregoski. I'll read Kent's text. He's on the air right now. But Kent said that he is willing to Venmo you the eight hundred dollars so you can go to the Taylor Swift concert. But what I want. Oh, wait, but, wait a minute. Here's the thing, Kent is. Brianna has to go too. You need to Venmo him sixteen hundred dollars because he's got to take his wife. Well, I'll do that, but I'll tell you what, I Google it and Taylor Swift, just her entourage of semi trucks for one of her concerts is fifty five zero semi trucks with all her equipment, lighting and all that stuff. But I'm thinking, Doc, Doc, how's your little girl doing? She's doing great, Kent. You know, she's more into the wheels on the bus right now instead of Taylor Swift. Uh, Love well, my wallet. I hear you. But go ahead and purchase some tickets for Taylor Swift tomorrow or tonight. And I think you can write it off through your expense account at, at the campus because you're actually showing your students not don't spend your money stupidly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, it's a life lesson. <laughs> but he's... He's not an economist. I feel like you could maybe pull that off. Tregoski, isn't Tim Dale, so your colleague there, isn't Tim Dale a Swifty? Isn't one of your colleagues a Swifty? I, th- I feel like me and Tim Dale had a conversation about going to a Taylor Swift concert. 
So I don't know if Tim Dale is a Swifty, but I know he has family members who are Swifties. And there was actually a really wonderful story on the Today Show about this, Rick, where stepdads are trying to connect with their stepdaughters by becoming Swifties. So, you know, they do a lot of research on Taylor Swift. They buy her albums or listen to it on Spotify or whatever people do nowadays. And they use that to bond with their daughters. Now, as I just mentioned, I'm a few years away from that still. I mainly do Old McDonald and the wheels on the bus. I don't do Antihero quite yet with Savannah, but we're probably getting there at some point in the future. All right. So a couple other things in the politics realm I want to get to, but I do need to, we do need to tease these at least so that people just know what's coming up is we got to talk about, okay, which one of these I want to bring up first, a Tampa woman left her mansion (laughs) and her inheritance. So she left her mansion. I got to, I got to look at and her inheritance to seven cats. Oh, okay. I got, it makes sense. She passed away and in her will, Gave her mansion and all her inheritance to seven cats. I don't know if that works. And then the other story that that Chagoski has thrown at me uh, during the show here is billionaire billionaires are offering dog nanny jobs with one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars salaries. Uh, so what we need to do here, they had to pull the ad after you know a billion people probably applied for dog nanny jobs with one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars a year salaries. <laughs> Here's what we need to figure out though, Chagoski is. Does Wisconsin have any billionaires? Like three or four, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, probably a couple. It's probably a couple. And then we have to figure out how much money they're going to benefit from the tax break. I think we kind of know. If you look at the, the tweet from Representative Robin Vining, she says 11 people in Wisconsin will account for $20 million in tax cuts. So... So everybody's going to get like a $2 million tax cut, these 11 people. Those probably are the 11 people that are making, you know, I don't know if they're billionaires, but they would probably, I, I just, you know, they would probably be able to to send, to, to pay me $127,000 to watch their dogs during the day. <laughs> See, this is how I can afford these Taylor Swift tickets. If I get that job that is being offered to, uh, just watch someone's dog for $127,000 a year. I mean, this is just what's wrong with society right now is you would you would quit your job in a heartbeat at UWL to be a dog nanny for $127,000 a year because the salaries are so vastly different. A professor <laughs> in political science, a professor anywhere – you know, I don't know. Maybe if at UW Madison, do you think Madison professors are making one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year? There's got to be a couple. Yeah, it kind of depends on the type of school, which school you're at, and how far along you are in your career. Okay, so just, but but you in a heartbeat, one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars to be a dog. But are you a dog person? Because I feel like I know you're a cat person, but are you a dog person? Would... I am a cat person. Uh, now, for $127,000 a year, I could be a dog person. That is the correct answer, Trigoski. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> How many times do you think she sings this song at the concert? <laughs> this this one I would I would ask for a refund if she didn't play this one. I know, right? Like if if Taylor Swift, if I paid eight hundred dollars go to a Taylor Swift concert or twenty thousand dollars, I've I've heard rumors that people pay 
$20,000 probably. Well, you're giving me the cheapest seats that are available now. Like, you didn't give me right. the most expensive seats that are available now. Because that would be, in fact, we should look that up. <laughs> we should look yeah. up the most expensive seats. Yeah. I'll try to do that once if you get. Penny pincher, if you're a penny pincher, you're in for $800. Yeah, well, once you get yammering, I'll go to Ticketmaster and see if I can't get a most expensive <laughs> Taylor Swift concert ticket. Uh, front row or something like that, because I bet they're like twenty grand. Uh, that's UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Jagowski. I'm Rick Solom. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk BM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Kent Kent brought up that he, that Taylor's Taylor brings like fifty some eyes, and I don't know if that's true or not. That seems like a lot, and you know, probably not great for the environment if one concert requires fifty some eyes trekking around the the nation. Yeah, Rick. I mean, this concert tour has been unbelievable to watch. Like, it has completely taken over the Twin Cities for the weekend. Uh, so this is kind of one of those major, major events that really does, I mean, based on my experience living in Minnesota, I could really only compare it to the Final Four or the Super Bowl, at least in my lifetime. The... um the the light rail there i think there was a fight because the rail clo- like turns off or whatever oh, at whatever yeah. time in in the twin cities and they had to have a fight about like hey if there's going to be like thousands of people leaving uh the stadium after the concert maybe we should extend the light rail hours for that and that that was a weird thing to have to fight about yeah the light rail plays a huge role in the transportation of Minneapolis and St. Paul, and I have taken it a few times when I go to Vikings games. Yes, yes, people, I am a Vikings fan. <laughs> I admit it. Um, we also have a roof stadium, though, so we can have the Super Bowl. We can have the Final Four. We can have Taylor Swift concerts without getting rained on. So uh, I do not apologize for the fact that Minneapolis has a domed or roofed stadium. I do not apologize for that one bit. Well, let's let's transition here to the fight over the Brewers Stadium. Also, a dome, a retractable dome. I I talked to Grant Bills on WKTY about this a little bit, just trying to understand because we're trying to give the Brewers either three hundred million or four hundred million, and the the baseball commissioner is like, "Hey, if you don't give the Brewers four hundred million dollars, we're taking the team out of Milwaukee." Feels like a, a ransom at this point, and we have a seven billion dollar budget surplus. But th- have you heard my idea for fixing the Brewers Stadium, Tragoski? Uh, I have not, and I would love to hear it. Okay, tell me if this is a political winner for Governor Evers or the legislature. I don't know who would be responsible for this, but if the Brewers Stadium costed $290 million over the 20 years that taxpayers had to pay, uh, or more than 20 years that they had to pay on sales tax to pay for this thing, and now they want another $290 million to, to renovate the stadium right when they stop paying for it, which is just ironic and crazy, why don't we just take... And, and the Brewers owner is not quite a billionaire, but he might be because we haven't had the latest figures post-COVID because usually those billionaires made off pretty well during COVID. Why don't we just give the guy the stadium, like when the city of La Crosse sold the senior center for a dollar, and then you put some stipulations on the senior center, you got to like, whatever, you got to keep it a, a voting place and you got to maintain it and you got to put a new roof on whatever. Um We'll give the billionaire owner of the Brewers the stadium for a dollar, but you got to keep the team in Milwaukee and maybe some other stipulations. You got to allow Taylor Swift to have a concert there. <laughs> That's just what I was going to say, Rick. Like Wisconsin can't miss out on the Taylor Swift tour. Uh, you know, this is a really right now things are a little bit stuck in the legislature regarding 
the American Family Field uh, renovation idea. I like your idea, honestly. I think that type of creative thinking but, is needed but because Chikoski. right now it's just basically trying to carve up the pie. Like how much of the proposed renovation costs should go to the state, how much should go to local governments, how much should be taken care of by the team. So it's just trying to figure out, you know, how do you slice things the right way in those three pieces? Uh, that's where the negotiations are at this point. Yeah, I, w- I want to say that the city of La Crosse and the loggers had, I don't want to call it a fight. It was it was before I really, I was not quite diving into a, a lot of this stuff, but there was renovations to Logger Field for like $5 million, But I can't remember if the loggers did that or if the city did that. I feel like the loggers paid for that. So maybe the Brewers should be paying for this thing. But Chagoski, skip the question. Is it a political loser if Governor Tony Evers, because I think the legislature, I don't know who would have to be responsible for this, but hey, we're giving the stadium to the team. I don't know. Is that a political winner or a loser? I don't know if that is a political winner or a loser, honestly. Okay, I've stumped you. All right, because you're giving the stadium for the to the team and you're like, hey, we should get like hundreds of millions of dollars for this stadium, but also it costs hundreds of millions of dollars to fix. But the guarantee that the Brewers would stay here for, I don't know, 100 years or whatever it would be. You know, the baseball's been around all over 100 years, so why not just to add it on? you got to stay here for 100 years. That's got to yeah, be a political and, I mean, winner. Right now, they're really only talking, I mean, they're definitely not talking about a 100-year extension to the Brewers lease. They're talking about, you know, a couple more decades. Right now, the lease that the Brewers have with American Family Field expires at the end of 20, uh, 2030, and they want to extend it to 2043, so a 13-year extension on top of what they currently have. Uh, sticking with baseball, I just want to throw one at you here. Uh uh, a group promoting plant-based eating wants to name uh, wants a new name for the team called Macon Bacon. It's out of Georgia, it's a collegiate <laughs> baseball team called the Macon Bacon. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, do you love Macon Bacon, or do you want them to change the team name because you like plant-based chicken? I <laughs> plant-based chicken. You know, I have never had plant-based chicken. Rick, I know what I do like, though. I like bacon. I know that much. All right, so you're good with this collegiate team in Georgia, just sticking with making bacon. Yeah. All right, yeah. On the, stick it, and then on the same note, uh, the FDA has cleared, I think, two companies to grow lab-grown meat for, for, for consumption. So it might not be that long before you are eating uh, some lab-grown chicken in your salad. You know, I had that Impossible Burger, and it wasn't too bad. I am a skeptic when it comes to, you know, can plant-based things taste as good as the real thing? But I got to admit, the Impossible Burger was not bad at all. All right, here's the here's the story from CNN. The, the first word is just, like, makes me, uh, I don't know if I want this. Cultivated meat. <laughs> Also known as lab grown, also known as lab grown meat, has been cleared for sale in the U.S. Upside down food or upside foods would be weird if it was called upside down food. Although maybe it should be upside foods and good meat. These are the company names: upside foods and good meat. Uh, your your company name is Good Meat. <laughs> what what is that? Uh, those two companies uh, that make what they call cultivated chicken said this week that they have gotten approval from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to start producing their cell-based proteins. No, none of this sounds appetizing. First of all, no, it's called... this is not making my mouth water at all. 
Water would be something is coming up through my throat into my mouth, but it's not. Cult, okay, so first of all, we have we have the term the phrase cultivated meat. That's not great. I don't know where on the spectrum of cultivated meat versus lab grown meat. Where do you come? Where, where would you rather be there, Chagoski? <laughs> I'll go with none of the above and send them to a marketing firm immediately to come up with something better. All right, now you're in the. I don't know if this would be frozen food. I don't know if you're fr- freezing cultivated meat or if it can sit on the <laughs> shelf or if, if, would it be in the can. I have no idea how you buy this stuff. But now you're at the grocery store and whatever aisle you're in, you see. Upside Foods with their cultivated chicken. <laughs> I don't think that should be on the package. I don't whatever whatever they call it. You're gonna you have to pick from Upside Foods or the or you or it's called Good Meat. <laughs> Which box are you taking? The one's called Good Meat or the one that's called Upside Foods for your cultivated chicken? I feel like I would I wouldn't even know what Upside Foods means. So I think I would just react with confusion to that one. Yeah, I'd probably be more. I I probably would take Upside Foods if I have to pick between these two companies, which apparently have the approval of the egg department. Upside Foods versus Good Meat. I'm going Upside Foods because Good Meat is just like you're you're telling me something that's like too upfront. Hey, we're the Good Meat company. Our meat, it's good. This is good meat. Like, yeah, is it though? Because I feel like when you have to tell me that, then it's probably not that good, and it's also called cultivated chicken. <laughs> See, this is why we need a we need a marketing firm stat Midwest, for these companies. Midwest Family Marketing. I mean, we could get on this yes. and start and help these yes. two companies out, but they've already gotten approval. I just, oh man, what are you guys calling your companies? Like, what is your problem, people? Good meat and upside foods. Good meat, which has been selling its product in Singapore. Oh, even great, greater news. Like, we're still we're uh, we're good in Singapore. Advertises product as meat without slaughter. A more humane approach to eating meat. Supporters hope that cult- the cultured meat, okay, there's another phrase, the cultured meat instead of cultivated, uh, will help fight climate change by reducing the need for traditional animal agriculture, which emits greenhouse gases. So, I mean, there's there's I, like upside to this stuff, but it, the, all the like terminology here is and, and the brand names are terrible. And I feel like it just comes down to taste, Rick. Like, I've tried. I've been open-minded about some of these you know, some of these fake meats or some of these, you know, meat alternatives. The only one I've really liked so far was the Impossible Burger. But, you know, I'm open-minded about it. It just all comes down to taste as far as getting it to mass market, I think. Well, think about, like, what meat companies are. We have Tyson Foods, right? That's all the chicken is Tyson. I think Hormel is Hormel, like a meat company, I believe. Um, you know, sure. when you go to the grocery store, and, and you're not going to find a lot because I think, like, 80% of all meat is only sold by four companies in the world, so there's there's some uh, monopolization going on there, but the I, they have a quote from the co-founder and CEO of Good Meat, and his name is Josh Tetrick. So T E T R I C K. So maybe Tetrick. I mean, if it, if it was called Tetrick Meat, that would be better than or Tetrick. Just call it Tetrick <laughs> Foods. Call it Tetrick Foods instead of this Good Meat. You would be better off just using your last name, dude. I know it's like a little like look at me, but also. It works for Tyson. It works for Mr. Tyson. Yeah. Uh, maybe you could start Solum Meats. Yeah, I mean, I'm not selling cultivated chicken, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, we gotta take uh, we got to take another break. We'll continue with UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Tragoski in a minute. 
All right, I already like this song a little bit better, Chagoski. I think I've yeah, heard this is a good one. I think I've heard this one. No, I'll pre- I'm not going to pretend that I listen to music a whole lot. I, uh, I almost always uh, about a day behind the four podcasts I have to listen to, uh, just to keep, <laughs> just to keep saying like walking the dogs and listening to podcasts. That's all I do aside from sleep and, and sit in the studio. Um, all right, back to politics. I, I think I've, I'm going to put to bed the conversation about uh, lab-grown meat or cultivated meat. Um, and back to politics, the Republican Party convention was, was it last weekend? Seems like yeah. it was two, it was our, okay, so it was last weekend and we haven't, I haven't seen their, their kind of like proposals. This is what we would like to see from the Republican Party over the next year. Uh, you know, stuff like banning CRT or something like that. Um, but the, the convention, so the, they, they did a straw poll and uh, Donald Trump won the straw poll kind of going away, right? When is 53% because it, it's not like a one-on-one. It's, it's more of a, a ranked system ranked. They do rank voting at the, the GOP convention and Donald Trump won that, that first ranking. I guess they didn't do a runoff. It'd be interesting if they did rank voting at these things. They don't though, right? They don't, Rick. Yeah, whizpolitics.com does a straw poll of convention goers just to try to get a pulse of where the party activists are at. So, you know, these polls don't reflect the views of the general public, but they do give you a sense of kind of like the party insiders. That's probably not quite the right word, but the people who are very involved in the party, what do they believe? I mean, those individuals, those individuals who are very active in the political party have a lot of sway over the nomination processes for president and also for U.S. Senate. And yeah, Rick, of the poll of convention goers at the Wisconsin Republican Convention in La Crosse last week, 53% of the convention goers favored Donald Trump for the Republican nomination, 34% favored Ron DeSantis, and the rest favored someone else. So this reflects the polling that we have seen around the country, where Donald Trump has a strong lead in the race for the Republican nomination. DeSantis is clearly in second, but he is a pretty distant second-place contestant uh, where Donald Trump has a a solid lead. And so, you know, really, no matter who you pull in the Republican Party, whether it's convention goers, whether it's just regular voters in the primary, you definitely see this strong lead for Donald Trump. And so um, I expect that we're going to go through the summer heading to that first debate in August in Milwaukee with Donald Trump having a lead. And the question then is if anything will change in the campaign to disrupt Donald Trump's lead right now over Ron DeSantis. Maybe DeSantis can catch up. Maybe someone else in the field can gain some momentum. But right now, Donald Trump is looking pretty darn solid in the polling. Any number of polls that you have out there to look at. Okay, I'm just going to throw a wild one at you. If Donald Trump's in jail, and it's not going to happen because the trial wouldn't happen until, well, wait, it's going to happen years from now if it happens ever. If Donald Trump was in jail... He he would be he might be better off running for president from jail. Like he would probably get more votes from jail than he would if he was just doing a normal campaign. What do you think? By and large, Donald Trump has been able to portray himself as being an unfair target 
of investigations from the Department of Justice. Now, he did face a pretty combative interview from Fox News and Brett Baer. Yeah, that was so that was something that definitely struck a lot of people as interesting. Typically, Fox News has been favorable to Donald Trump, but in fact, uh, Fox News gave him a tough interview recently. And, and, and so overall, Donald Trump got knocked off message a little bit by that interview, but he consistently portrays himself as a victim, as being under the, uh, you know, being an unfair target, being unfairly targeted by the Justice Department. So you skated right by the, it was a yes, no question, and you yammered for a minute. <laughs> hey, okay, so the lacrosse, the, the Wisconsin Republican Party was at the lacrosse center. They did a straw poll, 169 votes out of 321 for Donald Trump, 109 for DeSantis, and then a trickling of everyone else. They didn't do ranked choice voting because maybe it doesn't even make sense because there's about 43 votes that aren't for Donald Trump here and aren't for Ron DeSantis. Even if you added all the votes that aren't for Trump, that it still doesn't beat him. So if, if, if it's Donald Trump versus all the other votes, they still don't. He, he still wins in the poll. So uh, at this point, it, you know. Exactly, Rick. I mean, there are times when I do think it is important to know who people's second choice is. But if Donald Trump is so far ahead that no one can possibly catch up, it doesn't matter who anyone's second choice is. Now, let's say it's a close race between Trump and DeSantis. In that case, it's extremely relevant to try to find out who, who people's right. second choice is. But yeah, right now, Donald Trump remains solidly the front runner for the Republican nomination. I'll just throw it out there that uh, Mike Pence got three votes. <laughs> just, it's, it's kind of funny to see like Chris Christie got a vote. One person voted for Greg Abbott. And then Mike Rogers, other people that I don't even know. All right, in the minute we have left here, minute and a half or so, um, we also don't know who's going to run against Tammy Baldwin in the Senate. And according to this straw poll, 106 people wanted Tom Tiffany. David Clark, the former Milwaukee County Sheriff that, you know, is pretty controversial, was at 57. Kevin Nicholson, who's – is Kevin Nicholson kind of did more down the middle-ish, if you want to talk about politics, uh, talk about Republicans? Yeah, Kevin Nicholson has been involved in Republican Party politics. He sought the nomination for governor governor on the Republican side. He did not get it. In fact, he dropped out, leaving a really two-person race between Tim Michaels and Rebecca Clayfish. But there is a U.S. House member not on this list. I can't think of the... The guy, who is it that he just said he's not going to run against Mike Gallagher? Mike Gallagher. Gallagher So they didn't even put him. They didn't even put him on the list. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, he has officially said that he will not run. Meanwhile, Tom Tiffany is actively exploring a run. He has not announced for sure that he will run for Senate. But as you noted, Rick, there seems to be some enthusiasm among Republican activists for Tom Tiffany. We don't know if that will translate into a primary election win. We certainly don't know if that means Tom Tiffany could win the Senate election. But right now, there are no announced candidates in the field on the Republican side to go against Tammy Baldwin in the Senate election. That's UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski, who will be on with me Monday because I want to continue this conversation on Tom Tiffany and I got some theories, but uh, that's all the time we have. Thanks, Chagoski. Thank you. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody.